0: Rewind the dynamite
1: from the post up site. you lighting up the fuse. Sit back and enjoy the bubble. Which we hear from John and
0: Wait. Tate. Where we're going, we don't need roads. And if the bug stops here, yeah, this thing might blow. Everything you hear opinions of the show. And if you don't like it, go to the forums and let them know.
1: Hello, welcome to Rewind to Dynamite. I'm John Pollock. Supported by a mint tea, and I'm joined by Wei Ting. How are you, Wei? Mint? Oh, I thought you were gonna like make a rhyme or something. There, you're
0: gonna rhyme Wei Ting with mint tea, but didn't really work out like
1: that. I mean, you are. Uh, I'm sure. Sh- I'm sure if I was more on my game, I I could definitely uh, conjure something up. But uh, yeah, no. maybe you could have said Wei
0: Tea. T is the first initial of my last
1: name. I'll I'll, I'll come up with something good later in the show. Okay. I'm I'm sure I'll, something will dawn on me. But how are you? Good man, I'm pretty good. Um, you know,
0: I'm in that state where like I'm I'm a little, uh I'm a little kind of like sleep deprived. So I'm you know you know this is going to be like it, but it's not the sleep depri- deprived where I don't have energy. It's the sleep deprived where I have energy and I don't really have the uh, know what I'm say like i'm not thinking about what i'm saying before i'm saying it so oh those are always the
1: best shows it's gonna be a great podcast yeah i can tell okay well that's great um a happy birthday i want to extend to your roommate
0: yes wow well thank you yes it is paul it is the the star of total recall pauline my fiance's birthday today so yeah we we did a bit of celebrating earlier had some nice tacos i bought her some plants she's plant obsessed um as yeah how did you how, i guess you found out through uh instagram or was it was it the wife? it, it may have
1: been my wife that for me <laughs> it was your birthday oh this struck,
0: struck up quite the friendship over over plants and you know all this all this other stuff which is really nice nice to see
1: well that that's that's wonderful what so i guess your i guess yep. your options are very limited not just the fact that you had to work tonight but also i mean what what is there to do beyond like, getting creative with like A meal at home
0: yeah i mean we probably would have gone out to eat but instead you know we we just um got takeout and i I, to be quite honest it's kind of enjoyable you know it's like you know it's just me and her anyway but it's been really nice like she at work like people uh, wish her happy birthday she she's had plenty of friends like drop off food for her so she's way more popular than me
1: i don't know way you're you're pretty popular we will be coming up on our we are. Uh, I realized this like the other day when I was thinking that like my birthday is not all that far away as is yours. It's like two months away, actually, mo- like a month or so away. And it's, I'm realizing t-
0: yours is two days after Revolution.
1: Um, that is right. Yes, we got the Revolution date. Uh, that's March seventh. My birthday is March ninth. What day is your What date is your birthday land on this year? I guess a Sunday. I guess so, because yours is Tuesday. So yeah, mm. minus minus five days after. I don't think we'll have anything on either of our birthdays. Amazing!
0: Great! Uh, an amazing uh, st- unless statistic. To, unless you want to do a special podcast, uh,
1: no, for our no, birthdays. I don't. No? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give myself the night off. I don't know why. I'm just gonna like hang out at home. But that's. Uh, I don't think we need to do any kind of a birthday podcast. But uh, what was I saying? It's because last year, like, I was all set. I've told this story before, but I was all set to have a party at my house. I had multiple people that were coming over. On the Friday after my birthday, my birthday was a Monday last year, and I was going to have everyone over on a Friday. And what happens on Wednesday, March the 11th, Rudy Gobert ruined my birthday. March.
0: That was March 11th. Okay, so we're approaching, like, to me, that's when the pandemic started. It's when Tom that's Hanks... when
1: most people, yeah, it was like Rudy Gobert and Tom Hanks. It's like, oh, my God, this is real. And then my birthday was supposed to be the Friday, and on the Thursday, Every single person that was supposed to come to my party uh, individually canceled.
0: <laughs> oh, we like, were set to go. We were set to go to Tampa. Like we 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 shut everything down. Like that that to me is the anniversary of this entire thing for us at least in our part of the world. So, but uh, so what? What do you? Do? So obviously nothing, no gathering this year. I,
1: I no, as, as as I've gotten closer, it's like I like a year ago. I never in a million years would have envisioned that. Well, this will be uh, something that a year from now. Uh, it won't be that much different, but obviously won't be doing any kind of birthday party this year.
0: No, unfortunately not. I mean, uh, you know, you and I used to like have an annual tradition of like having a big party at a bar for our birthdays together. And, uh, you know, it would be quite the highlight. But, you know, the year prior we had stopped. We just put an end to it. I think, you know, a combination of like maybe getting too old, maybe having <laughs> having fewer friends than 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 usual just as a as a part well, of that, that
1: part is cer- certainly true
0: yeah well,
1: i i th- i really do think i i do feel that we we should like it of all things being equal like we're in a much better state a year from now i think we should do it
0: like for for when we turn 38 uh that's how old
1: we would be turning yes
0: that's a weird number to be doing like a big party for, but uh,
1: I think it's really okay. our last our last grass. It it should be like the season finale or the series finale of our birthday parties and like get to have an excuse to invite all of your friends for one specific why, uh reason.
0: Well why not wait till forty? Isn't that a better
1: like No, draw? no, that's that's way too far off. I, I think you gotta do it while there's gonna be an appetite for people to go out and and do such things.
0: Okay. All right. I'm I'm down. I'm down, man, provided uh we're allowed to by that point, okay this
1: is the clip we save, and then next year we'll laugh at ourselves, like oh, man, back when we thought the uh, the strand of the virus wasn't going to be what our even
0: exist anymore by then, oh
1: man, all right, I think people hate when we talk about it, but it's uh nah, whatever oh, they love it, are you kidding me That's what no, they, they hate, it. I definitely get the messages like if it's oh. uh, I definitely get the messages when I talk about uh covid nineteen it's a uh, stunning that uh. You know, we talk about this stuff, that it, uh, is an issue. But hey, it's our world. We're going to talk about it. Uh, did you get up to anything else today?
0: Um, I watched a bit of the Superstar, uh, man, what do you, Spectacle.
1: Okay, what did you, what, what were some of your impressions? I guess you didn't see the entire show, but what, what were some of your takeaways?
0: Felt like a nice little house show specific to that market, um, uh, and I'm sure if you were a part of that market, you probably would have enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I, not much to really say from my end. Like, it's not like any of the talent you see there will be making the jump to the main roster or even NXT. I think anytime soon, it's just you could, know. Could you
1: imagine doing. one of those, especially the two giants that they were promoting, Giant Zangier and Dilsher Shanky? I could imagine one of those getting thrown into the Rumble. I, I could see somebody being just put in as like a cameo spot in the Rumble yeah
0: very possible yeah just to kind of throw a bone to like to, to acknowledge that hey you exist it's just uh, get,
1: get, get them out in front of people um i yeah. i think that they definitely made the right call doing the format this way like as i said at one point the idea of a tournament was being d- discussed and i don't know how you could have done a tournament with some of these performers doing singles matches multiples um Like, this is – with the exception of, like, Jeet Rama, who was the one that wrestled AJ Styles, who is 40 years old and has been in this WWE system. Like, he was signed back in 2015. He's been there forever. Um, You have a lot of inexperienced talent. And, like, the whole point of this is, I think, to get something more regular so that this talent can get more experience. But I think that there – it was very smart to kind of hide the more inexperienced talent, and I thought it it kept the matches very short – but it was a very smart decision to use your Raw, SmackDown, NXT talent mixed in with this and keep the matches short. I think WWE is very good at these introductory shows that are kept to very basic basic presentation, the video features I liked. And I really liked the utilization of spinning canvas in the middle. Like it gave this show its own unique flavor uh, rather than just another wrestling show.
0: The video packages I thought were really well done. Mm-hmm they they were simply like you know telling you the backgrounds of these guys and stories that you can really get behind people who one guy just wanted to like buy a house for his parents with air conditioning i mean shit like i could that's i could cheer for that like that's a that's a reason to want to see this man succeed absolutely if this uh, was
1: another era i think that giant zangir would get just a monstrous push but i mean he's
0: that air is past man
1: like that's it it's just we're not in 1987 anymore it's like he's got a cool look to him but seems very very limited like dillsher shanky i could see like a long-term project that maybe he will um mature into a more seasoned performer but again it's like this talent just seems very very inexperienced
0: inexperienced not just in ring but i really have to wonder like how how long will it take for them to, like, you know, become characters? Can you imagine any of these, like, performers eventually becoming something on the level of The the Fiend? Or t- taking part in, like, a Bray Wyatt storyline, you know?
1: I can't <laughs> wait. Um, that, that that would be something else. Are they
0: teaching that at the performance center? Like, how to, like, you know, be, become a supernatural character? Are they teaching in the school how to,
1: like, act like you're possessed by, by a, a ghoul? Or a spirit. Yeah. Our guest instructor today is Alexa Bliss, and she is going to talk to you about um, wardrobe changes now. and uh, uh, facial uh, facial burning. And here's our here's oh. our makeup department.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's that's that's what wrestling is in 2021.
1: Um. All right, so here's the segment. It's called Ratings with Waitang. Oh, very nice.
0: Nice. The best good I've job. got. Uh,
1: we're we're quickly,
0: working in the back of your head there.
1: I was trying. Uh, Raw Monday night, they did 1,819,000 viewers, um, only down 2% from last week, but the demo was down 13%. They did a 0. 052 However, given a lack of sports competition that night and other competition on cable, uh, that was still good enough to be number one on cable Monday. So that sounds... Good on paper. You're number one on cable. Uh, I would say, though, that given that they didn't really have much competition, this was the go-home show for the Rumble with Bill Goldberg, I, I think you'd be a little disappointed that the demo fell to such a degree. But, I mean, you look across here, and, I mean, they were down in several of their key demos. The audience was about equal to last week. They were up slightly with their older plus-50 audience But nonetheless, they were number one on cable. And in Canada, uh, they were up uh, a decent amount from last week. They didn't have a Toronto Maple Leafs game to contend with. They did just over 307,000 viewers. So a good figure in Canada for Raw. But I would say that... Uh, The the demo being down, I think that would be a little disappointing given that you had Bill Goldberg advertised. And going to our point on Monday way, I thought it was like a giant mistake not to at least promote even the day of that Edge would be on the show, much less making an an announcement of substance. Like how many times do we get teases of something that it's ultimately a letdown of what the news is? This was a big payoff to something that you didn't take advantage of.
0: I agree. I agree. I think um, when you're – dealing with a rating slump i think any advantage you can get is something that you should promote to its maximum potential and that edge return certainly was um what did it have made it you, huge? you
1: couldn't have you couldn't have even gotten to the trap of overhyping it because the payoff was justified like yep. they could have teased this all night long and it's you as the viewer would probably be thinking like oh my god is he going to announce like his return or something and then you get that payoff at the end i just I don't know. I was very confused by that that decision. To, to like, we know they don't typically do this week in advance stuff, but at least day of, I thought, just to get that last-minute buzz for the show.
0: I, I really don't disagree at all. Um, now, if they did do that, how much do you think the ratings would have actually improved, though?
1: Well, I, I don't think – you know what? It wouldn't have hurt. You would have had something newsworthy. Like, what have we seen uh, – throughout you know the last number of times when they've had a big news story there is a curiosity factor like when becky lynch was going to make that announcement at the beginning of raw we didn't know what it was but every actually that was the didn't they announce it earlier in the day um i don't they might have announced so. that one earlier i don't think
0: wait i don't think so because it wasn't like wasn't becky like they just said, said becky had a big announcement because like otherwise okay. why would why would asuka be surprised Right.
1: That's right. Okay. So if I'm remembering correctly, that's what they said. Becky Lynch has an announcement at the beginning of the show. And and, you know, once she made the announcement, the audience grew uh, coming out of that as well. But even, you know, Drew McIntyre a few weeks ago, like there was an increase uh, in that in the in that first hour because everyone wanted to hear from Drew McIntyre. It's like when you have something newsworthy. People are curious to to hear about it, and if you just are kind of dangling that, like Edge has a significant announcement tonight on Raw, and just leave it at that, people will speculate what it's going to be. Um, I well, look, it, it look, wasn't going to hurt the number; it wasn't going to turn people off.
0: Look at the entrance. Tony Khan uh, inspired what he said: "the uh, the game is shifting." What what were his words? The t- the tides of the what the balance what of say?
1: power is shifting,
0: like. Everybody thought that was going to be something huge, and that was enough to you know, get me interested in that, that night's edition of Dynamite. Every week, I think they should say the balance of power is shifting.
1: Yes, it's like the pendulum. That can be the battle each week. It it, it might be shifting uh, if Raw goes and continues in this direction. Um, also number one on cable Saturday night were the UFC prelims. They did uh, 1.4 million viewers, a point five four in the demo. It was interesting to look at the UFC prelims versus Raw, where... UFC won in most of the demos except for um, who they got edged out in women 18 to 49 by Raw. But the big difference uh, in that Raw did almost 400,000 more viewers, it's the over 50 audience. That's the demo that Raw crushed the prelims in. Uh, but everything else these was either very close or UFC won out. And the other one was Impact on Tuesday that got a big boost this week with 186,000 viewers, 0.05 in the demo, but they were up 26.5% this week in viewers. And this was their best number this, uh, this year. And I don't know what this surge was for this week because they weren't promoting Omega. They had Matt Hardy and Private Party advertised. I can only imagine that these 186,000 viewers were tuning in for the Fire and Flavor Fest
0: I haven't seen that, but I heard it was terrible.
1: It's awful. (laughs) It was an awful segment. Like, for, for all the good that Impact has done, I will say this. From Wrestler's House to Who Shot Johnny Bravo and the ensuing stories that came out of that, and then this. When Impact tries to do comedy... Sometimes it falls right on its face. This was such a disjoint this segment it's one of those two where they're going to say, "Oh, it was meant to be a bad segment." then they should be very happy that I'm destroying this segment and reacting in this in this fashion. It was just a total they literally called it a dumpster fire during the segment, but it's like everyone's talking over one of one another. It was just a total mess it was train wreck television and just amateur hour complete amateur hour there was no redeeming quality to this segment it was four minutes of awful i
0: i think like there's definitely like you know um that type of like so bad it's good type of thing has worked well for impact in the past you know like i feel like much of the broken hearty stuff was of that level but um some things some things are just simply bad uh and i I don't know if that's the type of press that Impact is looking for right now. I mean, they are catching a good amount of momentum, I feel, from the Kenny Omega involvement, from the AEW involvement, which I think has a big part to do with this week's increase. Um, but I think hearing, you know, that they're creating contenders for a worst segment of the year is not exactly the thing that'll help it, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah we'll see if it carries to next
1: week. And Trey Miguel returned. Yeah, what's up with that? Yes, you know he was ended up going back to Impact, and I'm sure he's going to be a significant player on his own in in Impact. They were already getting behind him in a singles capacity last year, and I would imagine this year without the Rascals, he will be a, a top a top guy. I would I would say uh, this year. So we'll see mm-hmm. if it turns out to be uh, a good move for him career wise. Uh, since this is going to be happening early Saturday morning, uh, we won't really have time to chat about it on SmackDown. I just want to go over the card for the the New Beginning show that New Japan has Saturday morning. This is the show headlined by Shingo Takagi and Hiroshi Tanahashi for the never open weight title. I'm really stoked for this match. I have very high hopes.
0: Me too. Absolutely. The combination of you know this this incredible brawler, um, just kind of you know f- fighter in Shingo Takagi and a guy who absorbs damage so well and like tell story out of like taking damage as well as uh Hiroshi Tanahashi I think will bring out the best in both guys I look forward to that a lot
1: uh it's only a five match show uh no DQ between Will Ospreay and Satoshi Kojima the great Okan versus Hiroyoshi Tenzan the loser must stop using the Mongolian chop it's such a silly storyline
0: for or silly stipulation for New Japan but I think It's working. Like, I've heard plenty plenty of people talk about this. It's one that I don't really know how how you book, because I can't see them having um, Tenzan just beat Okan, yet it's hard for me to see Tenzan without the Mongolian chops either. So, I'm intrigued by that
1: stipulation. I just could not imagine a time when you would tell me that New Japan is going to run a semi-major show that will only have five matches, and one of those singles matches will be a Hiroyoshi Tenzan match. I would have you're out could, of your mind.
0: You know, but if you keep throwing out those, like, big stipulations, like, you know, no longer being able to do your signature move, like, this is the time in the guy's career to throw those out,
1: because maybe, maybe this is it. This could be the end of his Mongolian chop. And then we've got an uh, eight-man tag with Abushi, Honma, Sho, and Master Wato against Sonata, Tatuya Naito, Hiromu, and Bushi, and opening up the show. Kazuchiko caught in the opener with Toriano against Evil and Yujiro. So, uh, you know, just setting stuff up for later in the tour. They'll have the two Hiroshima cards February 10th and 11th. And Wei and I are going to do uh, an abbreviated post show on Saturday for cafe members, uh, going through our highlights of the show. Primarily, probably talking about the, uh, the top three matches.
0: Yeah, just to get you guys all caught up, and uh, you know, probably most, just to get uh, you know, caught up on any major storyline happenings. But primarily, we'll be talking about the singles matches and who gets to keep the Mongolian chop.
1: Who who gets to keep that the uh, the vaunted Mongolian chop? And the final story way not a, not a ton of news tonight, but has this entered your your world way? Ben Askren boxing Jake Paul on April seventeenth in an eight round, you know, it, fight. It was largely off my radar. I knew like Jake Paul was supposed to be in
0: a fight of some sort. Um, when I saw this poster on my Twitter timeline, I thought it was just another Photoshop joke out there, like there to make fun of, I guess I don't know Ben Askren and Jake Paul. And then I did a bit further digging and realized this fight is actually <laughs> happening. And you know, you could tell me, but like to me, it seems like an, an incredible mismatch. This like MMA veteran. Uh, top level contender going up in a boxing match against uh Jake Paul. Now, I I don't really know enough about Ben Askren's boxing to be able to tell you what level he
1: he's. He, he's at. not a good striker. That's that's the what you have here is Ben Askren, who is an unbelievable wrestler. Um, and was by the time he got to the UFC i mean physically he was really worn down uh and just had hip replacement surgery last year but his weakest part of his game was his striking so we're going into a boxing fight here jake paul is 2 and 0 uh one of those wins is against a former basketball player in nate robinson okay so it's not exactly like we we have uh, really scratched the surface of a uh, jake paul but i will tell you jake paul is going to put as a lot of attention on this fight that I can't imagine that this is not going to do at least some satisfactory business. I, I'm not going to say this is going to be a blockbuster on pay-per-view, but I do think there will be some intrigue to this because Jake Paul and a lot of people can't stand this guy. He knows exactly what he is doing and what buttons to push with people. And ha- <laughs> he was interviewed by Ariel on Tuesday. And he just says, listen, listen, Boxing is an art. MMA is just a brawl. It's like this guy knows exactly what he's doing to piss <laughs> off awesome. every – he wants to make this Jake Paul versus the MMA world. And Ben Askren yeah. is the guy that is representing MMA. So listen, you can you can criticize the Paul brothers all you want. They have been thus far very successful in gaining a lot of attention through their – their social media platforms and appealing to an audience that probably is not buying too many boxing shows every year. So this is another interesting test, but it's the same group Triller that did the Roy Jones Jr. Mike Tyson fight, which Jake Paul fought on the undercard of. And he said the biggest news way, I don't want to bury the lead. Snoop Dogg will be back to call this one.
0: Oh man. Yeah. I mean, you're it, it to me. It's like, I hate to say it, but like, As a non, you know, very casual MMA fan at this point, and pretty much a non-boxing fan, like there are enough elements here to at least make me intrigued to know about the outcome of it. You are the person that they
1: are aiming this for. That
0: has at least. I'm not going to pay for this shit. Are you kidding me? No way. But I'll find out. Like I'll be curious. It'll be on my radar, and I'll I'll be curious to find out who wins. Uh, and that's fight promotion, isn't it? So, I, are you telling me like what are the betting lines like for this right now?
1: um i haven't seen lines let's see here okay let's
0: uh like like what does the world think of of jake paul's chances against a ufc fighter
1: i like i again i i really have no idea how this will turn out like ben Askren again like he had hip replacement surgery you know what i mean like i and like striking was it's something that It's it's a
0: wonderful, like, freak show fight. Like, it's a wonderful what-it. That's it. It's like... You take a YouTube star (laughs) with some boxing experience, and you take a poor UFC striker, and who wins?
1: And for most people, what is the image that is most associated with Ben Askren of recent memory? What comes to mind? Getting knocked out. In five seconds by Jorge Masvidal, and the idea that, oh my god, I want to see that again. Um, Okay, so, so... Sports betting dime. Who do you think's the, the favorite? It's gotta be Askren, right? Minus 155 favorite, Jake Paul. Oh man. <laughs> That's awesome. This, yeah, and this, Askren this, plus one oh five.
0: This is so ridiculous. This is <laughs>
1: obscene, but You I have mean... to you have to watch this interview that Ariel did with Jake Paul. Like it was just Dude, ariel is like he he always has like this the best questions to just throw out and he said um i was on your instagram jake and you follow two people you follow triller and ben askren's wife why is that oh my god and dude, jake paul is like man ben askren's wife is thick and ariel's like <laughs> thick and he's like yeah yeah. <laughs> he's explaining it he's like what do you yeah. mean Ariel knows exactly what he means <laughs> dude ariel knows exactly ariel's just putting the breadcrumbs <laughs> for him to follow along the path How of what he's setting it? out and he's like it's <laughs> thick but t-h-i-c-c two c's at the end he's explaining it dude it's just it was hilarious this fight yeah. will do well oh, right. this fight's gonna oh, do yeah. very well i have no doubt just based what? on your reaction to this Well, yeah for sure it will anyway what, what what's that what's, what's the date April 17th, okay. and I guess there's like some confu- – like I haven't followed this story too closely, but Logan Paul, his older brother, is supposed to be fighting Floyd in a couple of weeks, but there's like n- – I forgot about that. Well, no Jesus one's talking Christ. about this, and literally Logan Paul has had to come out and say – he had this weird message where it was – What like,
0: kind of a world do we live in?
1: Well, it's like some people are unsure if this fight is even going to be happening or not, but it's – I guess tentatively still on, but it's like, it's supposed to be in a couple of weeks.
0: Wow. Okay. I mean, as, as the the boxing world sports. sports. (laughs) Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. Eric Marcotte's going to be watching both of
0: these. Oh, you expect a full report?
1: Well, we we might have to, we might, we might have to. I think you guys should do a post
0: show. Really?
1: Uh, after after i i would totally i'm i'm going to watch this fight with ben askren like this one i will the the tyson roy jones jr one like just it was so off-putting to me and i was also that was my during my time off that was like i there's no reason for me to watch this and i really didn't want to so i skipped it but Mm. i I am gonna watch this jake paul ben askren fight Mm. all right all that news and more folks postwrestling.com tonight on dynamite which listen after we just went over that I mean, Shaq is all well and good, but to me, it's like a generation Ooh. removed. Let's see imagine Shaq co- gets a market Imagine Cody and, J- Cody and uh, Jake Paul. In a boxing fight?
0: My money's Life. on Jake Paul. Well, wrestling match, then. Like a pro wrestling match? Yes. I think that'd be pretty ugly. <laughs> Uglier than a boxing match.
1: These guys will find their way to pro wrestling down the road.
0: If the money's there, but for now, like they'd make way, way more money doing this.
1: No, it wouldn't. I, I don't think it'd be lucrative enough for them to be doing pro wrestling. But I, I could see a time when when it happens. All right, dynamite. This was a taped show. Hey, hey, before that, uh, a few things to promote for the, for the weekend, John. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm very bad at this. Uh, tell us what's coming up. With well,
0: first of all, tomorrow it's the main event. Our WrestleMania season in the post wrestling world has come early because it it is the BDE up next rumble which you can watch at twitch.tv slash up next podcast I believe what time is that supposed to be 7 730 Eastern yes 7 Eastern okay yeah uh, tune in I'm gonna wipe the floor with every single person entered in this thing they're gonna be sorry that they that they even clicked on that zoom invite it's not gonna be pretty everybody I'm gonna take back my crown I'm gonna face Braden Harrington in the uh, WrestleMania uh, up next game. (laughs) Anyway, what number uh, have you drawn? I'm number two. Number one is Andrew Thompson. And I'm not, So you
1: have to go through everybody. Like, how is this going to work?
0: Easy. I have no idea. I don't know if it's like, what am I supposed to answer? Like 30 questions or something? I don't even know. Anyway, if I, if I get thrown out early, I'm just, I'm just going to probably leave and watch TV for the rest of the, the night, but whatever. Anyway, are you going to tune in, John? Are you a surprise entrant? You're not telling anybody. I'm, I'm
1: not. I'm not. I I, I I may I may tune in. Uh, perhaps. I I will be definitely. I will have Davy in my thoughts that this uh, goes without a hitch. I know that Davy and Brayden are both organizing this. That means Davey's organizing this. So I, I, <laughs> I totally put my, my hats off to Davey for the most ambitious game that he has ever come up with. He has had some amazing games that he has put together. This is definitely the most ambitious. So for his sake, I'm rooting for this thing to be uh, an overwhelming success. The, the Logan Paul KSI of Up Next Games. Martin Bushby is going to be in this. Benno is going to be in Dude, this. Dude, Martin Bushby, I don't know if he if we can put him on that early. You better have a parental uh uh a language advisory. Parental That's, discretion is advised when Martin Bushby has a live microphone. Yeah, you should have heard
0: what he said about me. It's not pretty. Like I I I really should have edited it. There was uh, some I'll sincerity in
1: there, man. That guy was like I know. F- shooting for the uh, hip.
0: I have seen the looks he gave me in in Japan, you know. Uh it's We all yeah. noticed them. It's very tense, I know, but uh, it, you know, I will say, I think we have the time slot advantage for for those guys. I mean, it's going to be what, like five a.m., three a.m.? He's going to be crazy. Like he's not going to know what 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 he's saying. So I don't think he's got he got any chance. Anyway, that's the BD Rumble, everybody. That's Thursday at seven p.m. Eastern time, and then on Friday it's a live edition of Rewind of SmackDown. Uh, where you will be taking your phone calls and it'll be a lot of fun, a lot of phone calls as always Saturday, as John said, new beginning. Uh, and then Sunday it's the rumble Royal rumble post show with me, John Pollock, probably taking some phone calls for that too. Uh, for all of our double, double plus patrons who are listening to this podcast live right now, and also to end the whole weekend, Rewind a vision with Rewind a vision. I'm sorry, with me and WH park somewhere in there.
1: So lots oh, of great oh, stuff. Oh, and the, re- and the wrestling adventure. I forgot to mention that. That will be dropping Thursday. Andrew and Martin will be dropping that show. And they'll be chatting about the 2002 Royal Rumble featuring uh, Vince McMahon and Ric Flair. Triple H's big uh, big Rumble victory. The Rock and Chris Jericho. So they will be talking about that from 19 years ago on the... What an adventure that will be as they go back uh, to the Royal Rumble 2002. It'll be a
0: great way to kind of like bond in the loser circle with the two (sighs) of them.
1: Damn. Wei Ting, you get on the wrong side of Wei Ting folks. There's no coming back. That's all I'm going to say. I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very concerned for the other 29 because Wei Ting, he's in, he's in fight shape. Listen, I, I, you guys look at the game, but
0: real feelings have been heard already. You know, I've seen, I've heard some of your promos on Jordan Goodman's unnecessary conversations. Uh, i you know it's it's not a game anymore
1: waves playing unnecessary roughness on on thursday night so get set for that cafe members lots of great stuff coming up over the next few days and yes we are live after raw and dynamite for our double double plus patrons and then live for all of our patrons fridays after smackdown always a fun show on friday nights uh with all the phone calls and such so let's dive into dynamite uh As I said, starting off the show, we immediately go to Eddie Kingston and Lance Archer. But Lance Archer sends Jake, the other Jake, Roberts, to the back. And Eddie Kingston comes out. He's attacking the knee. And they let this line slip that Eddie Kingston was thrown out of Catholic school, throwing a desk at a nun.
0: Wow, that's quite the um, supervillain origin story.
1: You know what the nun said? What? She was having none of it. Threw him out. <laughs> God, that was such a fake nice. laugh. No,
0: that was good.
1: Archer hits the pounce, lifts and choke slams Kingston, just like Way choke my joke. And he is choke slammed onto the edge of the apron and lands on the floor. This looks fun.
0: Oh, this was a rough spot. He threw him like a like a bag of potatoes if like you threw a bag of potatoes oh. out of a wrestling ring into the apron.
1: Yeah, between uh yeah. between uh the Nia Jax choke slam on Monday and then watching this, Chokeslams slams are not something you you they don't always uh have the nicest landings.
0: Uh yeah, there it's uh, it could be challenging.
1: Yeah. She uh <laughs> Archer Rams Eddie right into the camera. It's all Archer. He's just dominating here. He goes for the blackout uh, and then spins Kingston into a urinagi, but doesn't go for the cover. Does the top rope walk into a moonsault. EBD claws applied. When Butcher and the Blade bring out Jake onto the stage, he's all disheveled and beaten down. And as the referee is distracted, the bunny appears ringside, handing Kingston a knuckle duster and as Archer approaches, gets backfisted with the knuckle duster, and King gets on top and pins Lance Archer in 8 minutes and 54 seconds. I will say by AEW standards, this was about as gimmicky a a finish as you get. I I thought it was kind of a lame out to this match at the end and that's not something that we we get all that often with AEW I think if this happened on a Monday I would not even think twice about it but in AEW I I thought this was like a really kind of cheap finish that they don't often rely on
0: if it happened on Monday I think we would have uh, expected it to restart after a commercial break (laughs) and then somebody would have screwed up a count out Kingston
1: would have been counted out after the choke slam and 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 Tony Khan would have come out to restart it during the picture (laughs) in picture
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's certainly, this was a, I guess, somewhat unusual for AEW finish, and because of that, because it's so unusual, I can't really, like, go on and say, wow, this was, like, you know, terrible, AEW's, like, dead now It's not
1: a crutch that they rely on, that's why it stood out to me, it's like, this is, yeah, it's it's very uncommon for AEW to go this route for uh, a match ending I will say, I thought the match was, like, getting
0: pretty good, I thought Archer looked impressive, I thought Eddie Selling was really good, as a babyface And that's my contention in this whole match was, like, I thought the layout was really messed up. You have Archer here who, you know, telling Jake to leave indicated that he was going to be, you know, wanting a fair fight. He didn't want any sort of interruptions. He was going to be the babyface here. And then he wrestles the whole match dominating Kingston. Even, like, going as far as, like, not covering Kingston, like, pulling him up after a two count the way a heel would do, it made like Kingston more sympathetic as a result to the point where as Kingston was coming back you had the fans cheering his comeback as if he was a babyface and then he ends up Kingston ends up cheating to win so by the end of this it was like to me all messed up I know the point was like for Archer to look dominant until Kingston had to resort to cheating but I think having Archer look so cocky in being so dominant it didn't give me any reason to be sympathetic for him
1: you are never supposed to be sympathetic to a man that threw a desk at a nun. Um, did you ever throw a desk uh, at a not. teacher?
0: I don't think I could have lifted a desk at any point. Um, like in my I, I school career,
1: in, in fourth grade, I I can't remember the exact circumstance, but my teacher was pretty livid at me, and he told me to go put like some. N- he told me to go do something essentially with my desk, like put something away. And I, I like very nonchalantly, like knocked it off the desk. And I just sarcastically go, oops. And he's pissed. Whoa. Like he's he's like red in the
0: face. Damn, John was like a, a badass in, in school. You were one <laughs> step away from Betty Kingston, I think. Well, Cho- no. stealing chocolate bars, like killing Tamagotchis. And
1: let, let me finish the story though. So he is, he's like fuming at this disregard for his instructions so dude lifts up my desk and he throws it dude towards all the jackets at the front of the classroom throws it turns around and yells in my face oops (laughs) it's like whoa this dude's nuts (laughs) whoa (laughs) he was really upset which uh, listen
0: you could get fired for that right now well i mean this was uh mid-90s so it was was before cell phones
1: Playoff rules in school. So, I mean, I, I could sympathize with, I, I was, I was a bit of a dick, so I could, I could understand that. And being a, like, this is fourth grade, you're teaching 30 of us. Most of us who are just like annoying as hell, 10 year olds. So, you know what? You're, you probably got a short fuse. And, and at some point you just, what, you mellowed out. I think honestly dude like I, w- I was such like just the total like comedian like I probably just made some crack and then I had to go and like literally I, I think I told him like what am I supposed to do right now am I to go lift up my desk and put all the stuff back together <laughs> like this is a, you've you've thrown my desk all the sheets have come out of it it's like we're, we have a real mess in this classroom now that's a really violent overreaction I think
0: for fourth grade you kidding me
1: well I mean it was you uh, poor thing I feel bad I wasn't thrown out of school though, so uh afterwards Butcher and the Blade hit full death onto Lance Archer, and then Kingston hit another back fist. So the uh the baby faces slash heels uh left Lance Archer, the babyface slash heel, laying in the ring, and we will continue this bizarre program among uh spy versus spy.
0: Yeah, you know I love both guys. I liked what I saw in Ring until the finish, but not a fan of this feud. I think it's been a, a little bit confusing for me, uh, maybe not for other people. But I, overall, I do think it's been a real step down from the previous programs.
1: Revolution is officially announced by AEW for Sunday, March 7th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And we had a tape promo from John Moxley, who tries to recap the Elite storyline. And he doesn't think they're all going to stay together. There's too much drama. Just like the young and the restless and dude, I had flashbacks. I'm like, Oh my God, he's going to do a WWE promo right now. Trying to enforce or insert his pop culture references from a bygone era. He says that pack and Phoenix are friends, but they're no longer friends with Eddie Kingston. And he's trying to get all of the storyline straight. He says, listen, I like my beer, cold, my coffee, hot and water at room temperature. I like sex in the morning to start my day because I don't like to overcomplicate things. I love me a good six-man tag, so saddle up. It's going to be a wild beach break. It will be incendiary. And by the end, Moxie's just like the cool, badass babyface at the end of all of this.
0: Yeah, I know. Wow. he
1: Water at room temperature. This I dude's know. wild.
0: And he has sex. Wow. What a badass. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, no, this is cool. It was a good promo.
1: We had another promo that followed it. Sting and Darby Allen are in, uh, the abandoned shack that I guess, uh, they were doing those promos of when Undertaker was going to return that everyone was hoping was going to be sting like nine years ago. And they address team Taz. Sting calls Darby a hoodlum. And says, "Alan says that in the streets it doesn't matter about rules; all it matters is survival. So he takes his skateboard and he throws it through the window. Sting admits, I too am a hoodlum <laughs> this this <laughs> This was just the funniest dialogue that Sting had to recite, and then he takes his bat and starts smashing the windows. I had such a Rocky Balboa, Robert Balboa moment here with these two. Right down to, uh, I was just waiting for, for Darby to tell him, yeah, you tight with Tony too. <laughs> you tight with Tony Khan too. Uh. And it will be showtime at Revolution. The promo ended and JR said, hoodlums. That's some strong stuff there. What was this? The hoodlums. This This could not have made Darby look less uncool if they tried well i think this
0: is you know uh, we're inching ever closer to darby allen getting sting in his middle-aged body to jump out of a moving vehicle or a bridge or something i think this is the warm-up to that you know Darby allen is being positioned as a really weird guy who just does crazy shit? Like maybe we're gonna skateboard. get like
1: vignettes of the hoodlums together. Maybe they're gonna steal some hubcaps next week and spray paint some graffiti at Daly's place. I don't know if hoodlum is the right term because like he's
0: more of a. I think he's just more of a. I don't know, like guy who likes to lose his possessions. Because who's you know he just threw his skateboard into this window that. He's gonna have to fetch, right?
1: Yeah, Sting this, at least held on to the bat.
0: I I thought it was really funny. It was super weird. Like Sting is kind of leaning into this whole Darby relationship more as sort of like a his comedic self. And Darby's just straight up like kind of high school weirdo. So Darby comes out here cutting this like very kind of deep Ebo promo, and Sting's whole demeanor is like, uh, yeah, I'm with them too. And like, you know, he's like kind of he's kind of like the dad who's trying to be cool to keep up with his teenage son. And I kind of thought it worked. You know, again, they haven't really said a whole lot in this relationship between the two in any other segment. But I chuckled at sort of the weird simplicity of this one.
1: Um, may, Maybe Sting is going to next week show up and try to bond with Darby. And he's going to try and relate to him on a similar level and present him with a cd here darby now that's what i call dad rock
0: oh god you you seen the track list for this thing oh dude i it's it's a dep- for
1: anyone our age it's a really it's our depressing favorites. track list it's weedus it's oh, what man. is it dude I'm dad rock understand. is now mgmt some 41 <laughs> avril lavigne <laughs> natalie and brulee like that song did come out a long time ago that was like 98
0: like our dad's listening to that though and Oh, man, that MGMT song is, like, fucking, like, <laughs> quintessential, like, time capsule of, like... That's, like, circa 2009. Just, it's that tone that just... Yeah, that's that period. What are
1: Sting and Darby going to listen to together? That's that's the next segment. That you got a long out. time till this pay-per-view. I don't know how many more of these segments they can do and come up with these two.
0: Yeah, like, the, you know, the trip to the warehouse, who gets control of the radio? I imagine it would have to be Darby. Um uh, I don't know, maybe it's <laughs> I don't fucking I don't want to take a guess uh, at What's on his playlist Probably, you know, nah, never mind Let us know everybody What are they listening to on their trip
1: Yeah, and which are your favorite, your favorite Father-son combination now Steve and Darby Or Dom and Ray
0: Oh, I think Steve and Darby For me, the
1: other doesn't even exist anymore uh then chris jericho and mjf against the varsity blondes now at the beginning jericho and mjf came out to like a mixed version of their themes together oh like the crossfade thing i i i didn't pay attention yeah it was like it was like the crossover but then it just isolated into jericho's theme okay they do not need to be mixing themes it's really bad (laughs)
0: No, not, not at all. Not especially when you have like you know the most uh, singable theme. Jericho's this, Jericho's theme should not be touched with. Has this like jumped the shark already? I mean, like, is it still cool anymore? By the time like uh, an audience gets in there, I mean it's going to be huge. Anytime an audience gets there, but like they just it feels so forced now because
1: it is. We're it's now the staff watching. That's singing. exactly. It's it's like when I'm watching um you know any any late night show now and it's like it's the staff and the writers laughing at the jokes and they can laugh and it sounds normal but i'm listening and it's in my mind that like these people wrote these jokes and are laughing and i can't take the laughter as any kind of like genuine reaction
0: yeah i think like it really to set it up like jericho should take it away for a few weeks like if they do get crowds back
1: well, mix, and then, mix it with MJF's theme, and guaranteed it's going to go away quick when fans come back, because it was sounded really I think awkward. you hire Snoop Dogg for a remix. Snoop Dogg do. just remixes all this stuff, yeah. and there will be no fan engagement. So MJF says that he and Sammy need to have a talk after this match, and then he mocks Griff Garrison and reminds him about embarrassing him the last time they were on TV together. Griff just blasts him, and Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. are just the ultimate baby young babyface tag team uh,
0: like again it's amazing to me how much they feel like they are lifted directly through time travel from like the wcw power plane
1: the, in, dude like, i think these 90s. two sit down and their whole weeks are watching like you know early early 90s mid 80s like yeah. babyface territorial wrestling and try almost like just doing every little trick that they can learn
0: everything like, like you know like going like you know hot hot tag come in you clean house and then you like you, like doing this uh, sort of pose like the like eric watts like type of like you know baby face generic baby face pose and it's, it's so awesome. throwback watching them but it makes them stand apart especially amongst you know like um, so many modern buck young bucks like teams now
1: like, you know i think it, you know what I also works them. is the fact that their gear looks like really like it's clean it looks very professional Fun, that, and,
0: and the hair
1: the, the hair, hair is helps from, too. The hair is from the early '90s. Completely, yes. Yeah, this is. Yeah, this is this is Chris Jericho of like '92. That's like what they're playing. Uh, Garrison is handling both men. Double splash, double spear. Then Pillman super kicks Jericho for a near fall. There's uh, Pillman then goes for a springboard into the Judas effect, and then Jericho hits like a picture perfect lion salt. I guess as like validation for anyone that doubted him last week. He just smiles into the camera and this felt like an obvious statement after last week, which I mean, it was just a, an awkward setup. I didn't think it was r- really, uh, you know, nothing on his part, but nonetheless, I mean, he hit a great one this week.
0: Oh, he had a picture perfect one. Yeah. And then paused to look right at the camera as if staring into all the critics. I'm still somebody who believes that the risk is not worth it because it takes one, f- one bad one for for things to go you know, completely change for his that career. was really scary point, last week yeah and at this point like is he getting that much of a reaction from the move to be justifying that level of risk i personally don't think so but it's the man's body he is obviously incredibly competent and confident with it so yeah i mean enjoy it i just wish that he would finish with it more often to make it more of a valuable move than just the transition spot like it it is most days And in the inner circle, man, man, I love the varsity blondes. I think they looked fantastic here, and MJF and Jericho were like so great at feeding them and positioning them to look like big deals.
1: Yeah, I I think that they are like a great pairing, and you can see like they are. you, You can see like these guys. I would imagine like in between matches, they are studying tons of tape. It's so clear, and I think you can see like that that level of dedication they have, and it's it's showing in their. Uh, presentation i'm
0: really curious about like what what sort of coaching goes on in the back you know like if 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 we'll maybe hear about it someday in some more interviews because like all their young talent especially on this episode i thought just so many of them showed such incredible like improvement over like you know like from the from the time they started on in AEW to now
1: they all circled with the middle fingers pack was in his empty church in his ring gear of course calling Don Callis a clown, Omega and the Good Brothers, dirty mongrels, and me and Phoenix will exemplify brotherhood and hurt them as revenge next week. This was the best 15 seconds. So is this guy, like,
0: overseas again, or what? Do you know what's going on
1: with him? I, I don't know if he's back home, but, I mean, he will be there next week, so... I mean, he'll be back in time for next week's show, but I, I would imagine, yeah, like, he, he lives over there. I'm sure he. Like does he
0: not, he doesn't have permanent residence in, in Florida by this point?
1: No, I think he's been, he's been living overseas. That's why. That's gotta be a,
0: such a nightmare, going back and forth and quarantining, like... Well, that's, the, he ways. was
1: gone for so long, like, that was the whole thing, like... Yeah. Um... <laughs> So earlier tonight they did the AEW awards and the, the main point was Shaq doing an on cam challenging Cody to name the time and day calls him a little girl with his blonde hair and suggests that they do it in March. So Tony Schiavone brings out Cody and Arne Anderson. Uh, Shaq also wanted us to buy a printer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And pizza.
1: Cody and Arne are brought out to speak to Tony and Cody Cody's doing one of his like break the fourth wall promos at the beginning, where yeah, I'd love to come out here and do the hard sell promo of me and Brandy against Shaq and Jade on March seventh, but I can't because Brandy is pregnant. And he's gonna defer to Arn Anderson because he got chewed out by Arn for taking Peter Avalon lightly, and he's gonna ask Arn to decide what he should do for a revolution. And Arne says, you deserve to get your ass chewed out. And you're about to become a dad. And that's the most important thing. And he brings up the date, June 29th, 1985. Does that ring a bell? Because on that night at the LA Forum, your dad fought Tully Blanchard for 30 minutes, got into a plane, and flew across the country in order to watch your birth, which was June 30th. And Cody is, like, in tears listening to this story from Arne. He said that there's there's a good amount of time between the pay-per-view and the birthday. And it's hard to go out there and capture the public's attention to the level of facing Shaq. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. He then goes and puts over Shaq, who dominated his sport for 19 years. And Cody, I have an idea for you to consider. And out comes Red Velvet. Now, before we get to Red Velvet's part... WCW went out of business in 2001. Arn Anderson was brought in by WWE with the loss of WCW. He worked there until 2019. And they said, your most valuable contribution is with a behind-the-scenes role. This guy was amazing in this segment. This promo was tremendous. He was so great. Absolutely great. Um,
0: to be fair, I don't know if you would ever get this Arn in the WWE scripted, you know?
1: that That is a large problem. That is a very large problem that we would have put Arn out there with a script for somebody. When this is Arn being told, uh, go out there and sell this tag match and introduce the new partner. Which mm-hmm. is probably was his direction. I don't think anyone sat him down and said, let's go over this story that only you would remember of who Dusty faced the night before his son was born. I mean, this was just an unbelievable promo.
0: I mean, you know, a promo like this would have had to pass through Vince and Vince at no point. I don't think has any sort of reverence for like WCW history on this level, you know, unfortunately. But uh, this was fantastic and really uh, glad we continue to get this. Like we I think for a long time they were teasing these two breaking up. And I don't know if that was supposed to lead to anywhere or if it was just dropped or if it was just like a temporary tease, but I'm glad they're sticking these two together. But th- because I think there's still so much more story to be told with like Arn as sort of like this, you know, the, I don't want to say surrogate dad, but sort of the father figure to that. That is the connection to Cody's, you know, father's past for Cody,
1: Cody, you remember 51st dates. <laughs>
0: Cody, you listen to Joe Rogan this week?
1: (laughs) So out comes Red Velvet. And Red Velvet says she's fed up and tired of being attacked and watching Brandy get disrespected by that big mouth coward when Jade Cargill knows that Brandy can't defend herself and I'm about to stir your bitch ass up. And it's left with the idea that Cody and Red Velvet will challenge Shaq and Jade Cargill At the Mm pay-per-view. That was our segment.
0: I thought Red Velvet sounded tremendous here. Uh, This was an excellent. True introduction for her. To the Dynamite audience. And I. Hard to even compare this to like what we saw. With that waiting room segment. Uh, No comparison in terms of I think effectiveness. And how I left the segment feeling. About this program. I thought Arn served her up perfectly. And Red Velvet killed it with her promo. She came across really well. It made her feel like a big deal as opposed to just somebody who walked in here to stop something. And then we cut to cell phone footage
1: of Thunder Rosa um, talking. (laughs) A mess, that segment. But this, um, listen, this is a very ambitious tag match when you're talking about, you know, three relatively inexperienced performers uh, in the ring with, with Cody, like even for, you know, a red velvet for the matches she has had. Uh, but, you know, Jade Cargill and Shaq like this, it's a very ambitious um, to do this on a live pay-per-view. Do you think
0: it's better than Brandy being in it though?
1: Um, Yes.
0: I do. Th- I think so too. And I mean, they're going to craft enough spots around it that I think, you know,
1: it is this is one different. where they, they they very they should have this one v- laid out very, very well.
0: In yeah, advance. and it's going to be Jade Cargill and Red Velvet perhaps doing the bulk of the work. So, yeah, we'll see what what they have in store. Um, I do think you know it might be one of those cases where you have Shack doing something crazy at the end to help you forget about it all. Maybe a splash. You know, maybe he can
1: outdo Snoop Dogg. Well, the, the bar has been set with, uh, with Snoop Dogg's Frog Splash. So uh, do, do you see this being like a, a big deal for the pay-per-view? I would think that this should, like TNT should really have an incentive to promote this heavily. Yeah, it'll be big,
0: you know, just because you have Shaq attached to it and Shaq can blast it all out and on his social media. TNT will definitely get behind it on on their various programs. For that reason, I think it's definitely worth doing alone. Uh, as a match itself, is it any sort of draw for your typical AEW hardcore fan base? I don't think so. I think it's a spectacle. Um, it's just kind of a curiosity at best, you know, but as long as they fill the rest of this card up enough to satisfy that audience, go nuts with this sort of stuff that you need right now to reach a, a wider demographic that's not here for Kenny Omega or the Bucks.
1: Yeah, they they need to try things like this. Um, it, it will be... Uh, interesting to see like, like if Shaq is able to attract an audience that is willing to pay for this, like, is this, and that will really depend on the, on the lead up to this and the promotion that they are able to get outside of the wrestling bubble. Uh, we got a video of Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford inviting everyone to the wedding next week. And Miro is bringing Charles, the Butler who is free after the, after the wedding. So what a, what a run this has been.
0: It's not been that bad, is it?
1: Didn't even have to do anything tonight. So, yeah, he's he's been fine. All he had to do is tell Orange Cassidy, tongue-in-cheek, that, yeah, Miro's my best friend now.
0: And dress up in a nice suit. I mean, come on, you look
1: better. Hangman Page versus Ryan Nemeth, who is the younger brother of Dolph Ziggler. Don't know if you could tell the relation.
0: Um, he looks ex- exactly like him. Complete with blonde hair and same tights.
1: Like I like Ryan Neveth has been around for for a long time, but for this, I would imagine a lot of people are seeing him on national television for the first time, and most would know his relationship with Dolph Ziggler. I just don't know why you would so lean into that. Like he's doing all of Dolph Ziggler's spots. He's doing like the you know the the hip swivel, he's doing like that that headstand that Dolph used to do, it, The the jumping DDT. It's like why why force everyone to just look at you as, like, a, a younger version of Dolph Ziggler?
0: I imagine it's what's worked for him on the indies, you know? Like, it's it's sort of the gimmick. He's sort of a indie version of Dolph Ziggler, a cheaper Dolph Ziggler, I suppose. Um, and maybe that's what he thinks AEW audiences are looking for, as opposed to, I don't, you know, yeah, I, I'm not really sure.
1: Nemeth uh, snaps his arm and then Matt Hardy appears ringside. Uh, Nemeth has the hammer lock applied, does the headstand, and then a rude awakening with the hip swivel. Uh, he catches and slams Nemeth down, sliding D by Page. Then Nemeth hits the big jumping DDT and then Page lands on his feet from a German discus forearm, buckshot lariat, and he won in 538. Um, uh, this, to me, wasn't one of, like, Hangman's, like, better matches. It was just kind of there. Uh, I, I wouldn't say Nemeth really stood out all that much to me.
0: I thought, like, Nemeth looked good, but, I mean, a lot of people in AEW look good right now. And so did he really stand out? I can't say I saw
1: enough here to say yes. They gave him promo time, too, on the Road to special this week. So this wasn't just some throwaway, either. Hardy is applauding uh, Paige. And Page calls him back into the ring. So Tony Schiavone runs in there and sees what's up. Hardy didn't want to create a scene. He supports Page. But he's concerned. You seem lost and conflicted. And he reminds us that they teamed together in the stadium stampede. So he knows how much he loved the elite and how he got burned in that whole deal. It's awkward watching Dark Order continually try to recruit you. Hardy doesn't want anything from Page. But he knows that Page is a good person and deserves to be happy. So Matt Hardy was... The George Washington Duke to hangman's Tommy Gunn. A sneaky think so. promoter. And oh, Paige yeah, he is definitely a Don King type. Very clearly. And Paige is welcome to come share his large dressing room. Tony says, I think you should take him up on that offer. So we know that Page changes in like the catering area.
0: Yeah, pretty sad. You know, this seems to at least temporarily confirm the end of this like Dark Order Adam Page story, Uh, but I'm really interested to see what Hardy is able to do as the next guy to court Page. You know, to me, like um, I think Hardy's character has actually been really fun to watch in recent weeks. He's changed my mind on the character completely, and I think it's clicking right now. He's been great on like BTE and Impact. So him mixed with like this Adam Page, I think could be fun.
1: I I think that when when they are ready to pull the trigger, I I think Hangman Page will be a really... Like, I could see Hangman being the one that finally beats Kenny Omega. Like, he is the one that ultimately dethrones Mm -hmm. uh, the guy that destroyed the elite. And he was, like, lost his friends over this asshole.
0: Hard Um, to me to think of another person who would, like, you know, be best qualified to, like, dethrone Kenny than former tag partner, right?
1: It's like they've always kept this, like, dangling. Like, this guy was really burned by the... Like, he was the innocent victim in all this, and ultimately he gets the last laugh uh, mm-hmm. over Kenny Omega. Dax Harwood and Jungle Boy. We have Cash Wheeler and Tully Blanchard handcuffed to Luchasaurus with head of security Charlie Ramon handcuffing them. Harwood gets surprised early on. Uh, I will say this. When Jungle Boy came out, and throughout the match, I know it's, like, all the wrestlers and extras that are humming the theme... So it's not really an authentic reaction, but they're definitely training you, the viewer that when they do have crowds, like this will be a theme that's very popular.
0: Oh my God, for sure. Like it's, it's there, you know, they have the Jericho thing and now they have another one. So Tony Kondo was absolutely, I think, uh, very wise to spend this money. It's, it's, it's sort of your next step to get jungle boy over. But I have to say this chant is like, it's equal parts, totally awesome. And totally obnoxious. Like imagine, <laughs> imagine being at like a show and having a like guy like right behind you, next to your ear, scream, "Oh, oh, 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 oh like the whole fucking match, guys!"
1: I, I'm, I'm gonna fucking sit up there, and if you want to come join me, that's fine. But I fucking hate it <laughs> here. I know WH is an '80s
0: music fan, but man, I think he's got his limits.
1: No, you're, you you bring like up a best. great point. I would never want to sit near the that person. So, <laughs> uh jungle boy is trying to go for his new submission the snare trap which they explain is a modified stf and dax escapes and goes to the floor and they're calling dax the axe
0: dax the axe Mm.
1: dax the axe so there's chops from jungle boy and then dax kicks him low in the gut it's almost a low blow but not quite jungle boy gets shoved into the rail they go through a break Dax hits this gigantic back suplex off the top, which looked nuts. And jungle boy lands on Dax's arm, which he proceeded to sell for the rest of the match. Dax hit the slingshot into a Liger bomb, which looked devastating. And then jungle boy gets up multiple Germans and Dax continues to sell the arm. Dax eventually fakes out jungle boy, hits a DDT for a near fall. And then we get all these back and forth covers, bridges, Dax, uses an O'Connor roll, Jungle Boy gets out, schoolboy, and then when Dax kicks out, he gets the snare trap and then traps the arm so we got like a regal stretch and Jungle Boy submits Dax Harwood. Uh, I thought this match was a lot of fun. Uh you know th- this in the main event to me were the really strong in-ring matches of the night.
0: I don't know if I've ever seen Jungle Boy look so good, especially in a singles match setting, and this is where like I really like would love to know what sort of coaching he's been getting in AEW because I feel like he's grown so much as an all-around performer. He's not just sort of your cruiserweight spot guy. I thought in this match he showed excellent babyface aggression and urgency, so fluid in his movement, good promo I thought in the video package too. So he really seems like he's on track to like live up to everybody's high expectations. And again, it's like you can't ask for a better type of performer than somebody like a Dax Harwood to. Yeah,
1: he he a, was great in this match. I think that definitely doesn't It shouldn't go unmentioned. Like he to make he your was baby perfect. face
0: like to make your baby faces look amazing. So those are the guys that help you make your stars. I like the finish here a lot too, having him finish with a submission to get him a, 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 over a new finish for Jungle Boy, and then the booking afterwards I thought it was like exactly how I feel like this type of thing should be done. You have the baby face win. And you still allow the heel to leave with enough heat to continue the program because they do something dastardly, even
1: more dastardly than
0: cheating to win afterwards.
1: Uh, what Wasn't it uh, Jungle Boy then jumped Dax and Cash from behind and then ran away? Is that <laughs> is that what happened? No. Uh, they throw powder into Luchasaurus's eyes and ram him into the post. Cash is free. And he attacks Jungle Boy. They hit a slingshot suplex. And then Tully gets onto the turnbuckle. And we get a spike pile driver. You know it's a big deal when Tully is jumping off of stuff. And then they handcuff Luchasaurus to the rope. And they get scissors. And I think they're going for his hair. They cut the horns off his mask.
0: That's worse than the hair.
1: <laughs> then they the go hair, for- grow- hair
0: grows back, John. Like ma- Horns on a mask do not.
1: Well, that's uh, a big loss. Then they go for Jungle Boy's hair. And I was like, you cannot even tease this without an audience there to scream. Could you imagine if they cut this man's hair? Uh, But Marco Stunt runs out with Top Flight, Daniels, and Kazarian to stop them. And that's how this angle ends. So uh, it feels almost like they're going for a stipulation match at the pay-per-view. I just I mean, don't know what the stipulation would be. Like, the, Can't
0: do hair versus hair, nor horn versus hair. I mean, FTR don't have that much hair to begin with. Um,
1: maybe Tully has to grow his hair. Like Jungle uh, boys. Okay.
0: <laughs> that would be quite the uh, long-term stipulation to see through. Yeah, I, uh,
1: Dax and Cash don't have much to give up. I mean, they're not under masks. They don't have hair. Uh, you know, Cash has some hair. Dax has none. Tully barely has hair. Um, yeah.
0: Anyway. uh. I don't really care what the stipulation is because I I thought the finish was just great. The booking was great. Match was very good. Good post match angle that carried this further. I mean, you they cut the man's horns
1: off. Yeah, this was mass are expensive. This is really strong stuff. We go outside and it's Team Taz. I don't know what it is. I just I enjoy Taz's promos every week. Like it's a fun he's part good. of the show that's like – it's it's not the reason you're sitting down to turn on Dynamite, but it's just one of those things that's part of the show that every time he comes on my screen, I just – I'm very happy that I get a 30-second, 60-second Taz promo. He comes I mean,
0: out – He's a great promo, and you haven't had it in, 20, what, 30 years, this ECW Taz.
1: He's talking to Cage, or sorry, he's talking about Cage and Ricky Starks and how they're going to destroy Sting and Darby. And they're outside, and they see the merch guys where the the their merchandise is. There's Sting shirts up there. They tear down the shirts, and then they just beat the hell out of these guys. Taz is yelling, you want to break stuff? So they break stuff. I was waiting for Limp Biscuit to start playing, and they break break this one dude who gets lawn darted into the truck by Brian big sexy cage and then Ricky Starks dumps a guy through a table and Cage and Starks are gonna beat your ass in that street fight. Just give me Taz every week into this street fight and Darby and Sting can do their father and son routine.
0: I mean I I think you know we don't know about Darby or Sting but we definitely know in this car, in the minivan, in the Team Taz minivan, they're definitely listening to Significant Other by Limp Biscuit. They're listening to that thing on repeat. Can
1: you imagine Taz doing karaoke for break stuff? <laughs> yes. It's all about the he said, she said bullshit.
0: <laughs> oh, this is a legendary podcast right here.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I love Taz. I think this character is great. awesome. He's one of my favorite parts of Dynamite every week. Like great beatdown. He's my yeah, leading please. candidate. Like, him and Arn, like, just great promos, consistent. Arn, we don't get consistently, though. But Arn comes in and gives you, like, a home run. Whereas Sting, or er, uh, Taz is just consistent, like, doubles, triples every week out.
0: Arn is very kind of controlled, you know? He's like, he's, like, calm, quiet, angel. But, like, Taz is just, like, violent, you know? He's, like, he's...
1: he's all. The all devil. the managers have, like, their own... Like, like Jake is out of his mind. It's like, this is a guy that's done God knows what to his body over his, over the years. And here's the end result. Taz is pissed. Arn is calculating. Vicky just screams. They've yeah. got their, like, definable characteristics. Eh, some better than others. Yeah, Vicky not quite as defined. I mean, she and Nyla Rose, like, they've been dressing up as nuns. So maybe... They're attached to Eddie Kingston in some way.
0: Oh, and they already have a catchphrase.
1: (laughs) That's right. Dr. Britt Baker versus Shanna. Shanna is on a five match winning streak. The best part of Shanna's entrance was watching Britt Baker's facial reactions of just scoffing at this woman as she entered the ring. Baker drills her with a forearm in the corner and then a hammer lock as she grabs onto the jaw. A lot of Baker's offense, it's directed right at the jaw. That sometimes goes unnoticed. Uh, Shanna hits an enziguri, but wipes out on the floor when Rebel pulls Baker out of the way. Baker then attacks her from behind, and there's a sling blade delivered on the floor. In the ring, Shanna comes off the rope, and it looked like she nails Baker in the face. And they go to the shot of one of the extras in the front row who's just got her hand over her mouth in horror at what she just saw. And Baker seemed fine, so I I don't know what the case was here, but the announcers definitely drew attention to it that it looked like Shanna just blasted her in the face. But anyway, the match continued and seemed to have no, uh, no issues. Baker hit a swinging neckbreaker, got the glove, but the lockjaw is avoided, and Shanna fights back with a cradle, a stunner, then a tiger suplex gets countered by Baker who gets the lock jaw for the submission. And then they beat the hell out of Shanna after the match. I thought it was a
0: good match. You know, I enjoyed seeing Shanna here for the first time in a long, long time. I thought she was looking really good. Just like jungle boy. Very good intensity. Um, I have to say like Rosa versus um, Baker was, I think like, Maybe the best match you could make in the women's division right now, but I can't really say I feel that much interest in it by this point. I feel like momentum has definitely slowed. um I don't think they managed to really do much with it, especially with that waiting room segment. But I am looking forward to the match once these two are there, because I think they are two of the you know top performers in the company, and uh in ring i I, I think they I think they could have really good chemistry.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Thunder Rosa just ran out and chased Britt and Rebel away. It wasn't really all that memorable a segment to set up the match next week. But we'll see what they deliver on on the show next week. Sammy Guevara gets approached by MJF. They acknowledge why the camera's there. And MJF explains and denies telling Wardlow to get involved last week. He said, I deducted his pay. He's the worst employee I've ever had. And this was on camera, so Wardlow heard this. Guevara is not falling for MJF's plan. I know what you're up to. And MJF gets serious and looks at him and says, are you sure you want to play it this way? Sammy isn't playing.
0: All right. Continuing to build that up.
1: So we, we have the others that are under this, this illusion of MJF as the team player, but Sammy is not going to get outsmarted by MJF. So that's our, our story we are continuing with. Next week, beach break. They announced the teams for the Tag Team Battle Royal. We have Jericho and MJF, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, Sammy Hager, Santana and Ortiz, the Acclaimed, Top Flight, Private Party, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, FTR, and the Young Bucks with the uh, provision that if the Young Bucks win, they get to choose their opponents at Revolution.
0: I like that. I like the fact that they even explained it. Oftentimes you have like, you know... Champions entering the Rumble without like any kind of real added uh, incentive for for the people to, to win those matches. So
1: I like this. Yeah, no good brothers in the match, but that's kind of addressed later that they are certainly in play here. I was kind of surprised they didn't put Daniels and Kazarian in this. I guess unless they would consider this a loss if they're not going with them to do that. It's not in the plans for this pay-per-view. Don't put them in the Battle Royal. I guess that would constitute a loss. Could be. Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford's wedding, Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker and Omega and the Good Brothers against John Moxley, Pac, and Ray Phoenix. It should be a hell of a main event. Mm-hmm. And for the title eliminator tournament, they just said coming soon, Serena Deeb versus Riho would be one of the opening round matches, but no date for that. So that yeah. will be Rio's first match in like a year in AEW. Mm-hmm. Dasha was with the Good Brothers and the Young Bucks. They said it's been 5 years since you were in the same ring together. Just They've been in the same ring multiple weeks now. You know what they mean, John? Well, I got to be a little difficult here, way. Carl Anderson calls it a bullet club party and they're going to beat up John Cena.
0: So I mean like legally it must be totally fine. Like what what's the deal? They're wearing bullet club shirts. They're, you know, sometimes even calling themselves the Bullet Club here. Yeah, they're like, I mean, they're... I guess they are like going, they're they're really tight with Rocky and like they're probably going to go to New Japan.
1: I, I don't see any issue in wearing the shirt. Like that's, you can wear a shirt. But while you're
0: almost kind of promoting yourself as the Bullet Club at the same time,
1: they did, they did use the term Bullet Club here, even though they had thrown, like, bizcliz and all that as well. But, yeah, Bullet Club was stated here. But, I mean, realistically, he's... Very uh,
0: relaxed rules.
1: Well, most companies are also not WWE. Sure. Um, Matt calls Callis a Mark Stooge, and then Omega walks in and says he's got to talk to the Bucks. And Callis appears with the most ridiculous-looking bandage on his face and accuses the Bucks of assaulting him, which they deny. This
0: bandage was like <laughs> felt like just a few pieces of tape that he put on his face here. Dude,
1: this looked like there was, I don't know, like um, the world's largest piece of gum that had been attached to his face. Um, this was something else.
0: Yeah. Well, must have been uh, quite the wound.
1: The main event was a pretty hot eight-man tag. The Bucks and the Good Brothers against Uno, Grayson, Silver, and Reynolds. Uh, Gallows gets on one knee to mock John Silver's height, so then he attacks, but then Anderson hits a cheap shot, and Matt starts to get annoyed at the Good Brothers cheating, and then Uno trips Matt from the floor as payback. Grayson hits this move, and Excalibur remarks, Shades of Speedball Mike Bailey. Yeah, and then
0: JR and Tony Schiavone were so enamored by that name that they just kept repeating it.
1: Well, it was, I mean, it was thrown out there and I mean, if this was Excalibur will throw out things that, that just like, he will remark on things that don't have anything to do with AEW, but you would have to think that, you know, once this five years is up, like this was, we just got a call about this, that, um, you know, speedball, Mike Bailey would be someone, he would, he would definitely be on my recruitment list and very high on it. So a hundred percent. I don't know. I don't know if you should read more into that line or not, but it's excalibur at least putting that guy's name out there and people are more familiar with Mike Bailey after hearing it. Uh I thought would some really quite, str-
0: would be would be quite the tease if like that this was his like sort of, you know, Marvel Easter egg <laughs> like introduction into this universe.
1: Well, uh some very strong stuff here from Stu Grayson in particular his stuff with Nick Jackson. Then John Silver does his insane fire-up spot, which is like the most impressive 30-second stretch going in wrestling these days. Just runs all over the ringside area, taking out everyone. Matt then takes Reynolds' stunner, then a German by Silver, and hit with fatality by Uno and Grayson. Carl makes the save. Nick hits a corkscrew dive to the floor. Then Nick and Anderson hit stereo apron bombs, and they end it with a two-sweet, four-way super kick onto Stu Grayson, Uno breaks up the cover, magic killer to Uno, and the Meltzer Driver is hit onto Stu Grayson. This is a fantastic match.
0: Awesome, awesome match. I thought every single member of Dark Order looked amazing here. They've really kind of figured out the a formula to like to to make their up-and-coming baby faces look great against these veteran heels, you know? All these guys, the varsity blondes, dark order, jungle boy on this episode, all looked tremendous. So this was a, a great main event.
1: Yeah, I thought all the Dark Order guys looked great. It's In particular, I thought Stu Grayson really looked great in this one. But th- this was a really, really great match. Matt says that next week, whoever wins the Battle Royal gets the shot at the tag titles at the pay-per-view. But if we win, we get to choose. And as they look at the Good Brothers, they state it can be anybody. Phoenix then runs out and Springboard drop kicks the Young Bucks as the Good Brothers stomp down Phoenix. They go for the Magic Killer. Phoenix avoids it. Moxley appears and sends them to the floor. And Phoenix hits the most insane Topekon hero. He nearly cleared the barricade. Uh, Omega then runs out, wielding his boot to attack Moxley and runs right into the paradigm shift. So he's left unconscious as Cool Man John just stands on the turnbuckle... Mouthing off to end the show. Room r- room temperature, John Moxley.
0: Room temperature, sex in the morning, John Moxley. Yes, yeah. Uh, entertaining show overall, I thought, and some good promotion for Beach Break and Revolution here.
1: Yeah, I really would recommend the main event and the Dax Harwood Jungle Boy matches. I thought they were really strong stuff on tonight's episode of Dynamite. Well, let's get some feedback, way you want to go over the poll results?
0: Yeah, let's go to uh, forum.postwrestling.com where cafe members can leave feedback for every edition of our reviews. What did you guys think of AEW Dynamite this week? An 8.63, bouncing back in a very big way.
1: Noah from Vaughn is our first piece of feedback here. He says a really great episode tonight. Why WWE never used Arne Anderson as an on-screen character the past 20 years is a travesty. He was fantastic in that segment and Red Velvet stood out too. She's been great on Dark and I'm glad she's getting some spotlight. Jungle Boy versus Dax stole the damn show and was one of my favorite Dynamite matches yet. Everything was so crisp, hard hitting and tremendous grappling. Jungle Boy is going to be a main event star in no time. All the other matches were quite entertaining too. nine out of 10.
0: We get a Kate from Montreal who says, After a bit of a dip from last week, this show seemed to do everything right. Dax vs. Jungle Boy exceeded my expectations, which were already pretty high, and I think it'll feature on some of the best of 2021 lists as a best television match. Great showing from Red Velvet in her first promo. I'd liked her in-ring work since she showed up on Dark, but I think tonight she showed that she's ready to join the main roster. Nine Tarzan boy chants out of ten.
1: Well, following on that note, Nick writes that Tony Khan licensing Tarzan boy will go down as one of the best purchases he's ever made. Jungle Boy felt like the complete package tonight from his entrance through his amazing match with a technically gifted wrestler like Dax. Also loved Matt Hardy getting involved with Hangman. It makes Adam feel important. Plus, it's easy to empathize with the lone wolf who finds it hard to ask for help. Felt like some of the details of the inner circle match were a bit rushed and the Darby Sting promo had some serious retribution vibes, but I'm excited to see where both stories go nonetheless. Way more skeptical about Cody and Shaq, but we'll cross that bridge in March, it seems. The main event was strong as well. Love John Silver's explosive cannonball, but hopefully the inner conflict in the Bullet Club gets resolved soon as the Bucks aren't great in these kinds of scenarios. Overall, a solid week. Hoodlums are going to hoodlum, I suppose. Is that their official name now? The
0: Hoodlums? the hoodlums oh god i hope not
1: it was a very wwe like stamping a name and hitting you over the head with it in that segment
0: um i certainly hope not so the bullet club conflict is the bucks are cool with gallows and anderson but not no
1: the they are they know that omega and don Callis lied to them and i guess with the good brothers it's they were there and ready to jump in and replace them so I guess they're they're skeptical of the good brothers but I guess more leniency towards them
0: and ultimately they want to challenge them they want yes
1: to- that, that was definitely the implication what what do you, do you see that as the match um, that's certainly the most heavily teased thing and given the lineup of tag teams I mean it just seems like a weird fit to go Jericho and MJF and I would say that is the next most viable team of the ones presented
0: I think you will get to uh, Good Brothers versus um, Young Bucks at some point, but I I don't know if it'll be after this battle royal. I think they'll probably have um, some other match going on at Dynamite with the Bucks and another one of their teams, but then do you know Gallows and Anderson versus the Bucks somewhere else? Maybe down, down the line. Um, it seems a little too obvious to me, but they I mean sometimes you know they, they the obvious booking is the perfect choice.
1: Yeah, I like the, the bucks being put into that battle royal. I think it'll um, make it that much more of an interesting match and you can have that many more directions if if they win and, and where you can go with that. So yes, that is beach break next week. Do, do you sense like a, a a strong number for this week? Weddings typically do very, very well, uh, but it's definitely out of the typical dynamite playbook to do a, uh, you know, we, we'll get a lot of time on TV you would think next week. Like that's that's not just a quick segment to do.
0: Man, for me, the wedding is ranks really low on the list of like attractions for next week. I mean, for I'm just speaking as like for me, like sort of feeling like a member of like AEW's more hardcore fan base. Uh, the wedding, especially with Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford, to me does really nothing. I don't really care about the characters. I don't really care to see like what sort of video game shenanigans we're gonna get with like Trent, Trent and Chuck E. T. and all that stuff. Uh, it's the matches that to me are the draw.
1: Yeah, we will, we will see if, if the wedding success uh, continues uh, next week. If I, I don't think it's been a very hot storyline, to say the least. And it's been built up for so long. And here we are with the wedding. Well, everybody, that is it for us as we say goodbye. Wei Ting and I will be back. Well, wade has got a big night on Thursday. Uh, you might need to recover on Friday. Will you be back for Rewind to SmackDown?
0: Oh, I'll be back. I'll be celebrating. You know, I'll be popping a little a lot of the bubbly perhaps celebrating my big win
1: well that will be on friday night we'll do a whole rundown of the up next rumble and how way fared unless unless way uh takes it off the topic list and then we won't we will never talk of it again that'll really be up to mm. you way we'll see We'll see how things go. So we'll be live for all of our patrons Friday. Again, we'll have a show at Saturday on the New Beginning card. And then Sunday night, the live Royal Rumble post show for Double Double, Ice Cap, and Espresso patrons. And the deadline way for the Royal Rumble pool is when? It is Saturday. Sorry, Sunday at 3
0: p.m. It is still that. And I've had a lot of questions about like whether or not that deadline changes because of the announcements. Uh, I don't think so. I think like we'll deal with it after the fact. I don't even know if it's like one of the questions. I'll be honest. I haven't filled my, li- my list yet. So nothing changes. It's still Sunday at 3 p.m.
1: Go to postwrestling.com. Click on the button. Join the Rumble Pool. It's free to join. And then we'll announce the winners next week. So look forward to that. Busy, busy couple of days coming up. Keep it tuned to postwrestling.com. And that is it. Goodbye.